Amen. Praise the Lord. He is so worthy. So worthy to be praised. All right. Let's uh, go to the throne of grace. How's everybody this morning? Praise the Lord. That's what we're going to do today. We're going to praise the Lord up in here today. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity to come together in fellowship, Lord God, to raise up your name, Lord God, to lift the name of Jesus. We just thank you for this opportunity, Lord God, and we ask, Holy Spirit, that you just let your presence abide here with us. Let your presence be glorified here, and let your will and your desire be accomplished here, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for your provision, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for this building, Lord God, that you allow us to fellowship in, Lord God. The building, Lord God, where you meet us at, Lord God, so that you, so that your will can be magnified and so that your glory can go forth, Lord God. We thank you for every member here, Lord God, from the least to the greatest, Lord God. Those here those near and those abroad, Lord God. We thank you for every member, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for all the mighty healings, Lord God, that have gone forth throughout our congregation, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for letting your healing stream just be designated to us, Lord God. We thank you for lifting us up off sick beds. We thank you, Lord God, for healing our weaknesses. And we thank you, Lord God, for delivering us and healing us in our sin, Father. We just thank you for everything, and we give you the glory this morning, Lord God, because you indeed are so worthy, Lord God. And we just come, Lord God, just asking, Lord God, that you just continue to bless and build this congregation, Lord God. Continue, Lord God, to let your will be magnified in all that we do, Lord God, and continue, Lord God, to let your hand, Lord God, guide us, let your eyes show us the way and direct us, Lord God. And let us be attentive to the Holy Spirit, Lord God, in a profound and a new way, Lord God. This morning, we ask you for a fresh and a new anointing, Lord God. We ask you for a fresh and a new anointing, Lord God, so this congregation, Lord God, can excel, Lord God, in those things, Lord God, that you have for us. Lord God, because we know we didn't come here without a purpose. We came here, Lord God, with a purpose, and that purpose, Lord God, is directed and designed by you, Lord God. And we are just thankful, Lord God, to be a part of this body of Christ, Lord God, moving in that direction where you are taking us to, Lord God, so that you can be glorified and so that your will can be manifested right here on earth, Lord God. We lay those at your altar who are sick and shed in, Lord God. We ask that you let your healing hand touch their bodies, Lord God. We plead the blood of the precious Lamb and Savior, Jesus Christ, over everybody 
here in this congregation, Lord God, and every member of this congregation who might be suffering in any sickness or any illness, Lord God. We ask right now, touching in agreement, Lord God, where you say where two or more can touch an agreement, binding anything on earth, it'll be bound in heaven, and loosen anything on earth, it'll be loose in heaven, Lord God. So we just touch an agreement as this body, Lord God, that your healing stream will go forth to every member associated with this body, Lord God. You will raise them up. You will deliver them from sicknesses, Lord God, and you continue to manifest your glory, Lord God, in our lives. Your word says that all things work together for good, Lord God, to those who love you. Lord, we love you, and we know as individuals and as members of this body, Lord God, we were called according to your purpose, Lord God. So let your good be manifested in this congregation and in our lives, Lord God. We pray for Jerusalem, Lord God. You say that we should always be mindful of Jerusalem, Lord God. So we pray for Jerusalem this morning, Lord God. Asking that your peace be magnified there, Lord God. Asking that your will be accomplished there, Lord God, as you continue to accomplish your will right here at New Life at Calvary, Father. We pray for this, for, for those, Lord God, suffering from any kind of violence. We pray for the homeless. We pray for those, Lord God, who are challenged, Lord God, with mental illnesses and those other things, Lord God, that just keep them, Lord God, broken. And we ask that you let your healing wholeness be manifested to them, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, for every ministry that this church is involved in, Lord God. We ask that you bless every ministry that we've undertaken, Lord God. We ask that you let, again, your glory be manifested in it, Lord God. And we ask that you let your will be accomplished, Lord God. We feel like we would really like to be in our sanctuary, Lord God. But even not being there, Lord God, you are still uplifted and glorified right here, Lord God, in our gym, our gym anary. So, Lord, we just ask to just, just continue, Lord God. Continue to bless us, Lord God. Continue to raise us up, Lord God. And continue to let your mighty hand, God, lead and direct us. We lay the sanctuaries uh, rebuilding. We let the sanctuaries repair, Lord God. Be laid at your altar, Lord God. And we ask that you bless us, Lord God, as we undertake those, uh, as we undertake not charities, Lord God, but as we undertake missions to get the money together, Lord God, so that we can get that done and get it done without any problem, get it done without any delay, Lord God, and get it done so that you will be magnified in our works, Lord God. We have things that we would desire to do, Lord God, to raise that money. So we ask, Lord God, that you bless our efforts, Lord God. Bless our efforts as only you can, Lord God, because we trust that when we lay things at your altar, Lord God, that things will be magnified and you will be glorified and those purposes will be accomplished and fulfilled, Lord God. We thank you for this day and we ask that you just continue to bless this body of Christ this day, Lord God magnifying yourself in our presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's go to the church's purpose statement. Praise the Lord.
In response to God's love, our purpose is to love others, teach the word of God, and reach the world for Christ. Therefore, as a covenant partner, I will invite others to come and join me in worship. I will be a part of a small group Bible fellowship to grow in Christ. I will serve in the ministry with my gifts and talents. I will do my part in faithfully giving my tithes and offerings to keep the ministry of Jesus Christ alive in the world. I will love all those who enter our doors and accept them in our midst. Amen. Man, that purpose statement is powerful. It just said everything that we need to do. It gives us a clear indication of where we should go as a church. Praise the Lord for his word and praise the Lord for every member here. I love y'all and I know y'all love me back and we love each other and let love abound in this church. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Now you can hear me. Okay. Thank you. Let us clear our hearts as we listen to the scripture for today. From the Old Testament, I will read 2 Samuel 12:13. In 2 Samuel 24.10. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, The Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. Second Samuel twenty four ten. David was conscience stricken after he had counted the fighting men, and he said to the Lord, I have sinned greatly in what I have done. Now, Lord, I beg you, take away the guilt of your servant. I have done a very foolish thing. And we'll go to the New Testament. First Peter two thirteen through twenty five. Submit yourselves to the Lord's sake, to every human authority, whether it be the emperor or as the supreme authority, or, or to governors who were sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as, live as free people, 
but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show respect to everyone and love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Slaves, in the reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your master. Do not, not only to those who are good and considerate, but to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for, the, for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his footsteps. He committed no sins, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurtled their insults to him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins, and his body on the cross, so that we may die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you are like sheep going astray. But now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and understanding of the word. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you for that scripture reading, Marion. Saints, can anyone tell me what time it is? It's offering time. And what do we say? Hallelujah. Praise God. It is the second Sunday of August. And on the second Sunday, our special offering goes to support our prison ministry, saints. And as we all know, those that are incarcerated have a really hard time because they are expected to provide for everything on their own. And they don't really get paid at all. They don't, I mean, they do jobs in prison, but they, they don't get the money. <laughs> so they have to figure out how to have toothpaste and deodorant and tissue and everything that they need. There was a news article out this past week that said they are even trying to figure out how to charge them for the food that they eat. Ooh. They have to pay for the medication. What is the <coughs> point of all of our taxpayer dollars paying for the prisons if they have to figure out still how to, where is the money going? Anyway, I'm just going off. <laughs> we know that those that are incarcerated have a need, saints. And if we're able to, we would ask that you would give to our prison ministry today. 
As our ushers come forward, let us bow our heads in prayer. Gracious and holy God, we pray, Lord, that you would make real change in our prison systems. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would eliminate the corruption and that the places that are supposed to be places of learning and growth and, and repentance and change would become those places. We pray, pray Holy Spirit, all, for all those that are incarcerated today, all those that feel alone and feel downcast, that you would be with them. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for this offering today. And we pray that you would bless it and multiply it, Lord. We want to be found faithful, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be the church that you're calling us to be in our community and for each other and to the world. We are so grateful for all that you do. And we give you all the honor and glory and praise to your name. It's in the mighty name of Jesus Christ we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. For those of you that are joining us online today, we do have several easy ways for you to join in the offering today. You can go ahead to nlac.tv and establish your website online giving. For those that like to use Cash App, go ahead and put the dollar sign in, the number 2, NLAC, and your offering comes right to us. For those that like to mail in or drop off your offering, our address is 2020 East 79th Street, Cleveland, Ohio, 44103. That address again is 2020 East 79th Street, Cleveland, Ohio, 44103. Thank you again for joining in the offering. Saints, we will now be blessed in song by our very own Vince Williams singing with Holding Nothing. Hallelujah. Give the Lord the highest praise. Hallelujah. Let me be decreased so that he can increase. I surrender 
withholding nothing, withholding nothing, I give myself away, I give myself away, so to God today and surrender all today because God truly is our peace, our joy, our strength, and, and we don't want to withhold anything. We are not withholding one thing. Let us go into prayer. Gracious God, we do humbly submit ourselves to you over and over and over again. We give ourselves away, Lord. 
We want to be used by you, Lord Jesus. We want to be the people you called us to be. You created and shaped and formed us to be, Holy Spirit. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you will continue to speak to our hearts through your word today. You have blessed us through song. You have blessed us, Lord Jesus, through the hearing of your word and and your offering, Lord. And we pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you will continue to, to tell us what we need to hear through your word today. We thank you and we honor you in the mighty and holy name of Jesus, we pray. And all your people said, amen and amen. God is so good. God is so good. Saints, we are in the final part, part four of a sermon series that we've been doing for this sermon called what? (laughs) Getting ready for greatness. Get ready and stay ready. Praise God. Saints, uh, you all have a sermon outline in your bulletin if it's helpful for you to follow along. For those of you online, the, the outline is available for you to download and follow as well. Just a little bit of a quick review, Saints. I told you at the beginning of the sermon series that we were going to be meeting some people. For some of us, renewing and getting to know better some people. We met King David. We met the ten wise women, the the five wise women and the five foolish women. We met Uriah the Hittite and his wife Bathsheba. We met many of David's children through this sermon series. And we've learned a lot. Tell your neighbor, we've learned a lot. And so just to kind of review some things about David, when we're talking about getting ready for greatness, what made David or King David so great? I mean, after all, he was a sinner. So why was he so great? He had an affair with Bathsheba that we talked about in great detail. He tried to cover up that affair, amen. He tried to cover up that affair by convincing Uriah the Hittite to go home and sleep with his wife so it would look like that was Uriah's baby. Well, that didn't work. So he ordered Uriah's death. He made sure to tell Joab to put Uriah out front and then to have the rest of the army back up so that Uriah would be killed. David did not manage his own household, it says in the Bible, And even his children and his wives suffered. So with all of these flaws, what made King David so great? Why was he a king after God's own heart? (laughs) I wonder too. (laughs) There it is. Anna got it. You hit it right there, Anna. The reality of greatness for David came with an understanding of sin. You see, we have to acknowledge how we treat and understand sin. How many of us can see everybody else's sin? Anybody in this room? We can see what everybody around us does wrong. I mean, it's so easy. I go home and I can tell my husband everything he has gotten wrong in that day. Boy, I got a mighty list. I can look at my kids and I can point out every little thing that they get wrong. I don't even, you don't even have to live in my house. I can tell y'all what y'all did wrong. (laughs) I can look at the world. I can go down the street. I can look at my neighbors. I can look at any old person and identify every sin in their lives. Can y'all, do y'all have the same gift? 
<laughs> you know what everybody around you has gotten wrong. All the sins. Most of us can clearly see everybody else's sin. What's our problem? We cannot see our own, or at least we won't. We don't want to see our own, right? <laughs> we have the hardest time looking in that mirror, don't we? We have the hardest time acknowledging when we have done something wrong. We have even the hardest time when someone points out sin to us. Somebody comes up to you and say, "You know, you do, you you doing this?" No, I didn't. I didn't. Well, such and such did it first. <laughs> we all do that, don't we? <laughs> we are so easy to point out the, the worst things in other people. We can just really drag somebody up and down the street. If somebody got an attitude problem, how swift are we to tell them, you know you got an attitude problem? <laughs> somebody got an anger management problem? You tell them, you know you need to go to anger management. Someone struggling with drugs and alcohol? Oh, we real quick. We right on the spot. You know you need to go to rehab and say, I'm an alcoholic. Right? We Christians can be awfully self-righteous. Very self-righteous. And I always say that if you cannot figure out your sin, your sin is pride. If you look in the mirror and you cannot find one thing that you have gotten wrong in your life, you might as well say, I'm full of pride. Because we can be so self-righteous all the time. We struggle to look at our own sin and we don't want to own our own stuff. Let me go back to that question of what made King David so great. What made King David so great is he had the opposite problem of us. David always saw his own sin. And he had a, often he had a harder time pointing out other people's sin. Think about King David. He was the second king, right? Who was the first king? King Saul. How many of us can all look and, and know that King Saul was not a good king? See, we can point it out, can't we? <laughs> king Saul was so opposed to King David. He even tried to kill David. King Saul was a hot mess, as we would say now. He got a lot of problems. He had a lot of problems. But guess what David did? David remained loyal to King Saul, even in the midst of his sin. When King Saul and, and David's best friend, Jonathan, died, David didn't rejoice. How many of us, when something bad happens to one of our enemies, we like to do a happy dance? Man, some people do something wrong. It don't even, it don't even matter if it was 20 years later. You remember when such and such did something to you way back in kindergarten, and finally they get they just do, and you like, yes, yeah, see, God, God going to get you, see, I didn't have to do nothing. When King Saul died and Jonathan died, David could have rejoiced. David could have danced in the street. He could have threw a party, but he did not rejoice. 
the scripture says he actually wept. He cried. He was so upset about the death of his best friend and his king. How many of us, when someone that has hurt us, we cry for them? We ever, do we ever cry for them or feel sad for them? Most of us rejoice when something has gone bad in their lives. You see, David was, again, the opposite of us. He always saw his sin, and he expressed so much kindness to everybody else. You all, do you all know that King Saul had a grandson? It's hard to remember all these names and these people, right? So King Saul, if you remember from my first message, King Saul had Jonathan. And technically, who was supposed to be king if something happened to King Saul? Jonathan. Well, if something happened to Saul and Jonathan, who was supposed to be king? His grandson. And thank you. And Jonathan had a, grand, a son who was King Saul's grandson. And his son, of course, the name got to be hard, y'all, Mephibosheth. <laughs> we just going to call him M for the purposes of today. <laughs> but, so the grandson was about five years old when King Saul and his, uh, his father, Jonathan, died. He was a little boy. And the nurse... She was so scared. This, it was a nurse who cared for this little boy. And when the king had died, she just knew the next king, which was King David, was going to retaliate. So the scripture describes that she took him and she ran in fear, trying to keep him safe. But the problem was when she was running, this is a five-year-old, y'all. This is not a baby. She holding him in his arm. She tripped and fell and the accident wounded him so badly that he would struggle to walk his entire life. So, but she hid him, trying to protect him from King David. But see, King David had the opposite problem of us. He wasn't seeking retaliation. He was seeking to express kindness. Just think of the depth of that. Think of every person that has ever offended you, hurt you, stabbed you in the back. Would you go to their family and offer kindness to them? The scripture says that at one point, King, da King David announces, please bring me someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God. So they look around. And they find this young boy that's now not a little boy anymore. And they bring him to the, to the palace where King David was staying. And, and they bring him, and King David extends him so much kindness that he grants him the inheritance of his grandfather and father and permits him to live amongst the royals. Isn't that nice? That's some kindness extended. When he could have shown so much hatred and animosity. So David, we admit, had a lot of problems. But what made him great, tell your neighbor, what made him great is he understood sin. In 2 Samuel 
chapter 12, verse 13, that Marion read to, to us today, King David says, I have sinned against the Lord. Let's read that together. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, the Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. How many of us get up and acknowledge that we have sinned against the Lord? Thank God. You see, getting ready for greatness begins with repentance. Say repentance. Getting ready for greatness is an admission that I am a sinner. Say I am a sinner. It is a mission that we are all unholy, we are all unworthy, and we are all undeserving. Does anybody in here think you deserve to be great? <laughs> One of us. Tell us why you, do you deserve to be great today? Because you admitted your sin. <laughs> right. You see, we can admit our greatness after what? We, we acknowledge that sin. We acknowledge the sin. It is so rare in our world for anyone to admit that they are wrong. Isn't it? We only have to turn on the TV. Everybody on there is guilty. How many criminals are in Washington, D.C., y'all? It is off the hook. They keep using that word unprecedented. I'm like, yep. But it's amazing that nobody is going to jail. Oh, my goodness. The politicians are sinful, but they won't admit it. The movie stars are sinful. They, too, will not admit it. The athletes, how many athletes do we see in the news? Oh, my goodness. I'm not going to even mention this latest one. <laughs> That's some stuff, y'all. <laughs> no one wants to admit. And now we got this whole new level of social media. Everybody got an opinion. You go on any social media site today, and everybody got an opinion, and everybody thinks their opinion is right. Isn't that amazing? But even on social media, people struggle to admit they're wrong. Even clergy. Come on now, some of y'all want to shout at men. <laughs> y'all like, Pastor Kelly, we're not going to tell you your sin, but we know it. We, we know. We know what you're doing. <laughs> Everyone is involved in what it seems to be the great cover-up. The lies, the espionage. Our world is so dark right now. I tried to think of who is the leader that is so humble, because back in the day we could think of leaders that were so humble that would admit their sin. Who is the current living leader that we know that has admitted their sin? I mean, really, anybody? Can y'all name one person? Okay, tell me somebody from the past. Jimmy Carter, very humble. Can we all agree Jimmy Carter? Anybody know? Okay, very humble. Anybody else? That's all we got. 
<laughs> I mean, I know Jimmy Carter, maybe that's why he's been living so long, y'all. Him and his wife, <laughs> they've had a long life. <laughs> Any other people you can think of? Who you got? George Wallace. Okay. For, for people who are too young to remember, I need a quick history lesson. Give me that real quick. I thought you was, when you said George Wallace in my head, I was like, wait, ain't, the, ain't that the racist? Okay, so what did he do that I missed? Wait. Wait. Say say it one more time so I can hear you. What? See, somebody needs to make that a TikTok video. (laughs) This is why learning our history is so important. So George Wallace, because every story I've ever heard of him has been mean and hateful and negative and about all the racism, and he didn't want to integrate. At the very end of his life, he apologized, admitted his sin for all that he had done. Okay. I think we can all agree that's a good one, right? Anybody else? Any other people that you all can think of? for Trump. I'm a, a, we going we gonna to hope that he get there, right? Because I do remember somebody asked Trump if he was a sinner. And he wouldn't say the words, I'm a sinner. So we're going to keep praying because that man got a lot going on. He need a lot of help, y'all. He need a lot of help. I don't even know what's going on. I won't even go off on that tangent because we all believe different things politically. But, I mean, that whole FBI stuff, we need to pray for him. Anybody else, though, as a leader that you saw in your lifetime or you learned about in history that really repented? This is just tough. Who you got, Johnny? Bill Clinton had a moment of confession? Oh, he apo- oh, you're talking about the affair. He lied and he lied. Oh, he had the great cover-up, didn't he? <laughs> but at one point, he did finally confess, right? Yeah. Thank you, Shannon. President Obama admitted that he inhaled. Will Smith apologized for the Chris Rock smack. Jimmy Swagger. What was his story? Oh, his affairs? I'm sorry, some of these stories happened. I was a little girl, so <laughs> I kind of was watching, but I wasn't watching, you know. <laughs> we st- There's a lot of people we still waiting on, <laughs> Vince has said. But see, King David, everybody knew that he had confessed, I have sinned against the Lord. 
And it's not a lot of people in the Bible that confess. Even back to Adam and Eve. I always wonder when they got busted, why didn't either one of them just say, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm a sinner. Please forgive me right now here in the garden. They could have easily done that. So what did Eve do? Eve said, you know, the serpent did it. (laughs) What did Adam do? He said, the woman you gave me did it. (laughs) So again, everybody point out what somebody else did wrong instead of just saying, I am a sinner. I am a sinner. If we would all get to the place where we can be willing to say, I have sinned against the Lord. You see, to get from to get to greatness, you all, to get ready and to stay ready, it is the willingness to say daily, I have sinned against the Lord. Say it with me. I have sinned against the Lord. You see, to get from King David to Jesus, which Pastor Antonio was talking and helping us to understand last week, we all have to understand what Jesus was really doing. Jesus did not come into this world because he just wanted to visit with us. Jesus did not come into this world because he needed a tour of earth. Jesus did not enter the scene because he wanted to try the food or he wanted to experience the culture. Why did Jesus come into this world? To save us from our sin. And 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Jasmine, you want to put that up for us? Let's read this together. Submit yourselves to the Lord's sake, to every human authority. Is that 24? Number 24, Jasmine. <laughs> Here we go. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for... By his wounds, you have been healed. I'm in the way, y'all. I can't see the words. (laughs) So it says clearly in Scripture why Jesus came to the world. For one reason only. He came into the world because he himself would bear our sins in his body, on that tree. He would die to sin so that we could do what? Live to righteousness. And it says, by his what? Wounds, we are healed. To get to greatness begins with an admission of sin. To get to greatness is an acknowledgement that Jesus came into the world. No one else. Think about that. No, nobody else died for you. Not one person on this planet has died for you. I know we as parents and, and people that we love, we say, oh, I'll die for you. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> you wouldn't. Really? You think you would die for somebody? Jesus is the only one who died for us, but he is also the only one that because of his perfection, because he had done no wrong, because he had no sin, when he died, it cleansed all of our sin. That is an amazing gift. 
And so when we think about getting ready for greatness and, and staying ready for greatness, it's the constant acknowledgement of a life, a death, and a resurrection. Life, death, resurrection. That's what we're getting ready for and we're staying ready for. It is our sin. Say sin. Every single one of us have that in common. It is the condition of humanity. Tell your neighbor you are a sinner. Tell your other neighbor I am a sinner too. None of us get get out of that. The only way we can get out of our sinfulness, the only way, and all of us know it, but we don't say it enough. There is only one way to get out of our sinfulness. And that way is to say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I need you to take over my life and to come into my heart and save me. Jesus is the only saving grace that we have in this world. The only saving grace that any human, any leader, no matter what status you are on in in this world, every single one of us have to say the same words, I am a sinner. If you want to be great today, start with those words. Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, we thank you, Lord, that by your wounds we are all healed. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us the greatest gift in the world, that you died for us, Lord, so that we can live forever. We pray, Holy Spirit, that every single day when we get up in the morning, we will look upon ourselves and we will see our own sin. That before we looked at one other person, we would acknowledge our own wrongs in this world. Help us, Lord, to daily lean on you, to daily trust in you, and to daily surrender to you. We thank you and we honor you. In the mighty and holy name of God, we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Are you grateful today? We're going to stand and we're going to sing with the praise choir that we're grateful for the things that God has done. And if you would like to give your heart to Christ for the very first time, just raise a hand and myself or one of the elders, lay pastors, we'll come to you and pray. Or if you just want to acknowledge your need today, we will come and pray with you.
God. Praise God. All right. So just to, just to get in front of this, you all, when we started service, we have had some internet issues all week. All week it has been a problem with our internet. And of course, as soon as service started and Gail pressed the button, the computer decided that it was a time for an update. <laughs> so y'all know those updates, 1%, 3%. So by the time it updated, we had finished singing all the praise songs. So we're going to need your help after service ends. I mean, we're going to go completely through the end of service, and we're going to end the service. Then we're going to do the praise songs over. <laughs> because we need them for the broadcast. When we broadcast the service, we need the songs. So all of y'all that got here late, y'all missed the songs anyway. So this is your opportunity. <laughs> this is your opportunity. I see y'all. Okay, let me just stop. I, the Lord just convicted me. I'm pointing out other people seeing it. Focus on my own. Focus on my own. <laughs> Saints, we want to celebrate the birthdays today. I say happy birthday to Blossom Williams. Her birthday is on the 14th. Danielle Harden, her mother Tiki was here yesterday, and Danielle is now a student at Cleveland State University, praise God, and she is a math major, that girl is a whiz, she is so smart, and so her birthday is on the 20th, and then Jaworn Sims, that's Sandra's daughter, there's Sandra right there, Jaworn Sims, her birthday is on the 20th, so happy birthday to you all, and if we miss somebody's birthday, make sure you let us know, thank you, Glenn. So we do have the uh, food pantry this coming uh, uh, Saturday. So the bags will be prepared on Friday, August 19th at 10 o'clock a.m. And we do need volunteers. Say, I am a volunteer. Y'all don't want to say that, huh? <laughs> we need some volunteers to pack the bags. So please come. And then we also need volunteers on Saturday at 730 to help distribute the bags. Okay. And let's see, just going through, we do have some gourmet cupcakes after service today. The cupcakes went very well last week, and so I heard they went fast. So go out there, get your $2 ready, and get your cupcakes. Mary James did say that her family had an event this past weekend, yesterday, and they, they had some leftover chicken. So they, they're sharing the chicken, but again, it's limited. If you don't get out there fast enough, you don't get your chicken, do not complain. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You got to stand here for the service anyway. Y'all know we got to do half, half, the all, half the first part. <laughs> so we will be ordering, or we have started the ordering for our church logos. Remember, when we come back in September, well, we haven't really been anywhere, but, you know, the year kind of starts in September it's our anniversary, so we're going to be doing lots of stuff in, the, in, uh, in September. Uh, our ninth anniversary together as New Life at Calvary. Can you all believe it? That has gone by so fast, and God has been so faithful. So we want everyone to have their New Life at Calvary gear. If you already got something, that's great. You can wear that. If you want to update and get a new color, you can order today. Or if you never had a shirt, Please place your order. The orders, the order forms are in the back. Uh, Pastor Antonia is out ill today. She was supposed to be here, but we're still in COVID, y'all. And if you have any symptoms, you're supposed to stay home. Even if it's like sinus or flu, 
Okay, they changed their guidelines. You're right. But we at New Life at Calvary, we don't want to be around your snotty nose and the sneeze. <laughs> Just stay at home. It's okay. <laughs> so we don't know if she has the flu or what's going on, but she did take the test and it did come back negative, but she still has a lot of flu-like symptoms. So we, we also don't want to get the flu. So, <laughs> so I asked her to stay home today so that she can kind of recover. Don't forget about the mental health crisis information. If your family has a need, it's there in the bulletin. What's the new number? 988. And the text number is 741-741. So please use that information. This coming Saturday is our Young Entrepreneurs event. Now, this past week, the dancers did an outstanding job, you all. It was fantastic. Jalen Black choreographed um, the concert called What's Left Unspoken, and the dancers performed beautifully. We had great attendance and support for our young people, and so we're asking for the same thing this Saturday. Our young people who are interested in having a business are going to present their their stuff. They have written books. They have drawn art. They have done they have recipes. One has sells tea. Um, one person sells clothing. So just be prepared to bring some dollars to the church and, and support the young people and their causes. And also Saturday, we will be passing out the free school supplies for all students, all students of all ages. And we will also be having a free hot dog and potato chip lunch. So any way you would like to help with that, please come out. But the young vendors will be here displaying their stuff. You all can see we're getting ready for our September sermon series. And Pastor Toby is going to be delivering the message for us on our anniversary celebration. Isn't that great? It's going to be fantastic. And we're also getting ready for our new Bible study series called Threaded. Now, Threaded is about racial reconciliation. Do you all know how sometimes we hear white people say, I got a black friend? Guess what? We do the same thing. We all say, I got a white friend. How many of us really got some real white friends? I mean, you go to their houses. Uh Uh-oh, y'all putting y'all hands down. (laughs) I mean, they come to your house. Y'all eat each other's food. Y'all support each other. Okay, look look how the hands went down. (laughs) So, okay. Some of us even have white family members, right? For some reason in our world right now, God has made it possible that blacks and whites are both reopened to healing. You know, that civil rights movement was real. But those of you that experienced the aftermath of that, y'all know it was a pause. And things didn't happen. Well, now the pause has stopped, and people want to come together to the table again. And so we're going to be talking about how to heal, to grow, to connect. Because Martin Luther King said the 11 o'clock hour is what? The most segregated hour in America. Because we still have church where us black people come to our church and the white people go to their church and the Chinese people and the Hispanic people. So racial reconciliation isn't just about blacks and whites. It's about all races. 
So we will invite you to join a group and a class, and the classes will be small and they will be diverse. So you can see uh, the information in your bulletin and you'll be hearing more about it. All right, did I get all the announcements? Did I forget anything? The Women's Association is having a quick meeting today in the chapel. Okay, in the chapel. Did I get everything? Thank you, Trinity. I knew I was going to forget. <laughs> I told the young people, I, I said, uh, I'm, I'm going to forget. You have to say something. So today, uh, you all know Ruth and Carl Yarbrough, their grandson, uh, Marcelo, is going to be going to Texas. Amen. And he is going to start college far away from us. <laughs> and we're having a hard time. Is Marcelo here? Where you at, Mar There you go, Marcelo. <laughs> so I told Marcelo that we cannot let him. He had to be in church today. And I told him that we were going to pray for him. So I don't know, uh, Ruth, if you're here. If you, uh, there you go, Ruth. You're sitting next to him. If you all could come up so that we can anoint Marcelo. And a lot of young people are going off to college this week and starting school. Some people have even already started. Amari Rouse had her first full week of high school. And I forgot to say, Jasmine is back, y'all. Jasmine is back. Welcome home, Jasmine. <laughs> Welcome home. <laughs> yes, thank you, Susan. Lord, help our teachers. Our teachers, our principals, our secretaries, the, the whole gamut. I don't know if it's some, some elders can come around and lay hands on Marcelo. Thank you. Hi, Marcelo. <laughs> Marcelo, again, he graduated high school at the top of his class, and so we expect great things. And, and just remember, his big brother, Mikhail, is already in Texas and has a great job, so he will not be by himself. And little D is in Texas, and... There's a whole bunch of them in Texas, y'all. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Let us pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Gracious God, we thank you today for Marcelo. We thank you for his life, that you have anointed him, that you have grown him, that you have helped him along the way. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that as he departs to Texas, Lord, go before him, with him, and even behind him, Lord Jesus. Give him the strength on the days when it's most difficult and he's far from all of his family, Lord. Help him to lean on you and trust in you, Lord. Give him good friends, good teachers and mentors and supporters, Lord, that know you, Lord, and help and will help him along this journey. We thank you, Lord, for this amazing blessing and opportunity that you have given Marcelo. Allow him to go and thrive and fly in the world as the young man that you created him to be. We thank you, Lord, for his family, Lord, his grandparents, his mother and father, and all those, Lord, that are here his church family, Lord. Comfort our hearts and encourage us to know, Lord, that these are your children, Lord, and you have them in your hands. And we thank you and we honor you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Marcelo, go and conquer the world. <laughs> go and conquer the world. <laughs> all right. Summer camp, all that. Helena is giving a testimony, y'all. <laughs> no, I just said it's just 
wonderful to see them grow up. You've seen them in vacation Bible school, summer camp, and now grown and going to college. God is awesome. Amen. Amen. And there's so many of our young people we have seen since they were babies growing up. So it's amazing. So we're going to rise for the benediction. I told you we got to do everything. And then we're going to start the praise song. So we're going to invite the praise team to come back up and sing those songs. And if you do need to depart, you go ahead. But some of us can hang in here and sing with the uh, praise team. All right. Gracious God, as we prepare to depart from this place, but never from your sight, Lord Jesus. Impart upon us the fruit of your Holy Spirit, your love, your joy, your peace, your patience, your goodness, your kindness, your gentleness, and your self-control, Lord. We know that we are sinners in need of a Savior, and we thank you, Lord, for the gift that you have given to us, and we give you all the praise in your name. Amen. All right. Thank you. Tell your neighbor, I'm mighty glad you came to church today. And the praise team coming back up. <laughs> oh, Lord.